Welcome to the 3B3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So I posted the question last episode, if the worst case scenario happens for the NHL, whether that is they're unable to go forward with this tournament that they're talking about, or they start it and they have to cancel it for some reason, and there's no hockey until the fall of 2022, not next fall, but the fall after, which players over the age of 33 will not be able to come back from a year plus layoff, in your opinion? Lots of qualifiers there, I know. I'm going to add one more. Do they have to be 33 now or 33 at the time? 33 now. Okay. So, I'll, talking, I'll, starting I'll, at 35. All right. I will go and throw one name out there who, if based on current projections, the next regular season might start January of 2021. I thought Dustin Bufflin might have that, oh, change of heart. I'm finally healthy. I might give this one more crack. If it's two years, so we're talking 2022, he's done, done. Yeah. And um, Jack Johnson. Here's just a player in a situation that hasn't been great with a couple of years of basically layoff where he didn't have a skill set that really contributed to the way the game is played in the year of Gordie Howe 2020 anyway. So he's not magically going to completely change everything he does in the next 18 months to two, to, to two years. So, you know, I could see him just riding off into the sunset. I have one more qualifier question mm-hmm. for clarity's sake. Do they have to be 33 as of today, or can they be turning 33 fairly soon? Uh, Let's go with turning 33 before the start of the 2021 season. Oh, okay. So if if this particular player was turning 33, say, in August, Mm -hmm. they would qualify for this. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm carrying the one <laughs> using plants. the idea is that they'll be 35 going into whatever next season happens to be happening. Using the Euclidean. Okay, I, I yeah, this this person will qualify. Carry Price. That's my selection. I mean, the obvious one, obvious the obvious one is obvious. The obvious choice, Joe Thornton, right? I mean. Come on. And and some others of his ilk. But if we are sitting around twiddling our thumbs until 2022, 23 is start of a season, Carey Price, I think, is done. I don't... At 35, he's already starting to wear down. And everybody that's all freaked out about him, you know, lighting up in a tournament and stealing Montreal a Stanley Cup in this weird 24-team 
circus they're planning. Hasn't really been paying attention. He is uh, he's kind of like Homer Simpson jumping Springfield Gorge right now. He's sort of halfway through thinking, I'm going to make a ah, bonk, you know. That that's my sort of off the wall pick. Just because the last two years have been so rough and inconsistent for him. And and I think that body is starting to wear out. And I, I he, you know, I think he and Jonathan Quick are probably oh. two of the prime candidates that are just like, nope. Oh, you know, they're hanging on. So let me go with some obvious ones like Zdeno Chara, uh, Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton, then Ryan Miller, Craig Anderson. See, I tried to keep it closer to people that were 33, not 43. <laughs> I started going through draft years. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait. So if we're going through, so the, the, um, Players that have the most NHL uh, games played that played last year that were drafted in the year 2005, which would be the 33-year-olds, in theory. Andrzej Kopitar, uh, Mark Edward Blasik. Done. Yeah, that's uh, Crosby. Um, Yandel. Niskanen, Stastny, Paul Stastny, he's done. Uh, Jack Johnson, I agree, done. Mark Stahl, uh, Bobby wow. Ryan, James Neal, Anton Strahlman, Chris Letang, TJ Oshie, Carey Price, Jonathan Quick, Rask. Yeah, that crowd. I don't, excuse me, I don't, Vlasic is a guy you you emphatically chirped done when she said Vlasic. I, I did, yes. Yeah. I don't see it with him. Just because he plays such a short, conservative game, he's never relied on speed. He's never relied on hand quickness or even its size. So he doesn't have the wear and tear on him. Right. He's just one of those guys I think could play until he's 40 just because he's just positional, uses a good stick, ties people up in corners when he can. And he's had a rough couple of years, but I think that's got more to do with the system than anything. And I'm not going to defend him because he's had a rough couple of years. But, you know, I think Kopitar hangs around too. He's another one of those guys that doesn't play a big, flashy He's going to be end up kind of being like Thornton, right? Yeah. He'll be the next Eric Stahl where you don't realize how old is he and he's still in the league. Right. Where, yeah. I was actually little... just going to go down that draft, the, uh, oh, the current 35-year-olds. Uh... <laughs> Stahl, J. Eric Stahl, Dustin Brown, Ryan Suter, Brent Seabrook, Brent Burns, Patrice Bergeron, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry, Jeff Carter, Joe Pavelski, Zach Parise, <clears throat> Shea Weber, Louis Erickson, Mark Andre Fleury, Brian Boyle, Nate Thompson, uh, Yaroslav Halak, Corey Crawford, Dion Phaneuf, 
So Phaneuf didn't play last year. Sorry. I I can. I can two names that jumped off me where I I see they have a chance. One is Zach Parise, which it, it's a coin flip with him for me. Where I think his his physical stature and the fact that he does rely on a bit of speed and some time away might help him in the long term. And the other one was Halak, where. He's kind of the opposite of Carey Price, who was run into the ground. Yeah. Carrying a mediocre to terrible team, depending upon, you know, you know, what what's what part of the lunar cycle we're in, or you know, what day of the week it is. Um he could still carve out a decent you know, yeah, you know, 50 50, 40 60 split for a year and then just taper it little by little. I was gonna say, he's that guy who went from being kind of a starter to a shared starter to kind of a backup, but and that saved the miles on him. Mm-hmm. And and so, you think Zach Parise could team Mussolini this whole thing? I think he could, he he, he would be my most likely. To stick around until his early 40s. I wouldn't say uh, Tamu Solani it. I think he could Matt Cullen it. Where he mm. just finds a role on a team. And it just kind of works. That 10, 15 minute guy who can slot up and play a little bit of power play time. Pot some goals. Be a face-off specialist. He can, he can still, he's a cerebral enough player where he can play in any situation. Push back. Like, I still think of him, he's at worst today a second liner on about half the teams in the league. He, I, I think he could transition into a different role. You know, my, my first pick, Jack Johnson, I think he is too far down the rabbit hole for him to pivot or change anything in his game. And when you brought up Mark Edward Vlasic, Patrick, one of the questions in my head is, is he somewhere other than San Jose? Because then I could see it happening. Oh, I'd see him. I see him more of a potential if he's in San Jose, honestly. <laughs> they can't draft for the damn, so who are they going to replace him with? <laughs> so he he's still here out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. The reason I brought up uh, uh, the Finnish Flash Timu was um, his appearance. I was I was hearkening back to his appearance on um, Hockey Central last week. I think everything's a blur. Um, where they asked him about his time in Colorado. And I just was sitting there screaming internally, the you know, the inner voice that was shouting at the at at the wind, so to speak, you stole money from the avalanche. Because <laughs> that's uh, that's what they did. They, uh, that was the biggest rip off in history. Uh, no, no. M- Messier in Vancouver was. <laughs> no, least... I'd ar- I'd argue this was worse because he <laughs> went in knowing knowing full well he was toast because of his needs. 
and he still fleeced him for what, like five and a half or six million? Because uh, that that weird pre-lockout contract crap where Korea signed a deal for less than what he um, could have, so that he became an unrestricted free agent was eligible. I mean, there was some weird thing that he signed such a low-end deal, but it opened up the doors for him to sign a more massive deal later. And part of that package was um, the whole Solani thing, he and Solani. And I was just like, I saw him the first couple of games, and I'm like, why is he here? He looked kind of done last season in San Jose. Granted, he didn't have a horrible season, 64 points in 82. He actually played 82, but he still looked kind of slower, you know? And then all of a sudden, boom, hey, let's go have a knee surgery because I can take a year off and rehab. And, oh, hey, look, 90 points. Come on. I, I put up 32 and 78 with San Jose, or I mean with, with Colorado, where you had Forsberg and Sackick and... and, and he stole money. Breathe. <laughs> it's okay. It's I'm not going to say he's not a great player, but he <clears throat> stole money. So then the 2004 draft, these are the 34-year-olds, since I'm doing this anyway. Um, Ovechkin, Zajac, uh, Andrew Ladd, Blake Wheeler, uh, Malkin, Mike Green, Edler, Goligoski, Como, uh, Brewer, Pika Rene, <clears throat> Carl Soderberg, uh, Radulov, Corey Schneider, pretty much it that wasn't really a great draft was it <laughs> no it ended at two <clears throat> mm-hmm. and just like the draft uh outside of ovechkin and malkin they're yeah, all russians, done russians tend to stick around longer goalies too so i mean that seems to be the theme so far hmm yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot the, of turnover in a in a short period of time here. I mean, you know, the prospect conveyor belt doesn't stop, right? So you're always there's still going to be, you know, the guys who can't play in junior anymore because they've aged out, and then you've only have so much room on your AHL affiliate. <clears throat> So you've got to like let people go elsewhere. And then on top of that, how many players are going to be dedicated enough to stay in shape for the next year and a half? Or two without playing, you know? So that was really my thing was like, how many players are actually going to, let's say worst case scenario happens, it probably won't, but worst case scenario happens, they don't play until 2022. Um, how many players are going to be like, okay, well, you know, stay in shape for how long, <laughs> even though we're not playing? Which kind of harkens back to some conversations that I have heard amongst players who have retired, since retired and so forth. <clears throat> There's a real generational line of demarcation to be had. Um... And it seems like it's right around that mid to late 90s time frame. Guys that played the majority of their career prior to that time um, 
are kind of I think that's because that's a lot of when the training camp started, right? Training camp is when you got in shape. So the guys that were that were conditioned like that are the ones that don't do it anymore, or are not do it. Are the ones that still continue with that behavior? Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of balloon up and 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 I'm not gonna body shame anyone. Who cares? You know, if your heart is healthy and you can jog a flight of stairs, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and your health isn't at risk, yeah, go live your life. But the guys sort of after that time frame um, are the ones that tend to carry it forward throughout the rest of their lives, or at least as long as they, you know, don't have grandkids. That seems to be the other line of demarcation. That period after they retire before the first grandkid they have is sort of, they keep up with that regimented exercise. Uh, I look at someone like Brett Hedekin. You know, mm-hmm. guy kind of still looks like he'd play. I mean, oh, oh, he can. Yeah. You know, and, and he had knees. Yeah, that's kind of it, you know, and you, you contrast him with, and just because his name has been in the news so much recently, Brett Hall, you know, uh, you kind of see where that, that sort of line is. So as far as today's players, I think the vast majority of them that are, you know, the, especially as they start, as it, as they get, as they are younger. God, English, speak well, me. Um, as the younger kids start to age out a little bit, those are the ones that that's just been from 11 years old on. They've just been training. That's all they know. And and you get addicted to it, right? Whereas some guys, you know, may have been only started religiously training in their late teens or something. It's not as regimented or, or built into their, their, they're not as conditioned to want to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. God, that was a long and rambling way to say something absolutely meaningless. <laughs> well, no, because you opened the door for something I wanted to bring up. Uh-oh. So, unfortunately, certain players in the league probably stay on longer than they should. I think that's kind of a, a holdover from like the, those mid to late 90s transition where a lot of the league was 30 plus and it was heavily veteran and then they were slow and busted and then we had a lockout. And now all these kids who had spent a decade of growing up and climbing the ranks in a, in a fast skilled game, they kind of got left in the dirt and, you know, so all contracts, all UFA deals were give me as much as I can for as long as I can, just so I can, you know, keep my foot in the door, whether deserved or not. Hello, UFAs of 2016. (laughs) So let me ask you this. These guys can still play hockey. They just can't play with the best of the best of the best, like 0.0001% of players. Is it time to have a senior league? You know, I was contemplating that as I was listening to um, Hedekin. Just because you can kind of tell there are some of those guys that are just at the bit wanting to get out and be a little competitive 
and you know they carry it through, right? You know, it, yeah. those that they carry it through the golf course and anywhere else they can. The conditioning is one thing. The the stamina to play eighty two games in a regular like a hundred games plus if you factor in playoffs, that's hard on the body. And I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of what could happen if this twenty four team plan comes to fruition, because I think there are a lot of guys that have had struggles like Harry Price. They could end up playing real well because they've had a long rest, longer than a typical summer for a playoff bound player. And they'll excel for a short period of time before we're turning back into a pumpkin. But a senior league that say like 30 games that, you know, they're just playing on the weekends. There's no checking. It's still body contact, but there's no checking. And each team is required to have a player coach. So there's no some guy that they just want to tell to F off on the bench behind them. Who's trying to jump back into the NHL. Um, I don't know. It could just be fun because if you've ever skate or play with and or around a former pro player of any caliber, I'm not even talking NHL. When you've skated with former like ECHL players who have played like two games, um, they still got it. And it would just be interesting and entertaining to see. All right, here's an older generation of players. They're not the best of the best, but they could still put together a, a cool product on a much smaller scale. The the problem that you would run into, <clears throat> some may not think of this as a problem though, is that um, you would get a lot of guys who are very competitive and really want to play like Brett Hull, who wouldn't actually be in any shape and wouldn't try to be in any shape. Which would be great because I would love for someone like Brett Hall to embarrass the hell out of himself. Uh, but no, I do agree. I mean, embarrass the hell out of himself. He'd just park himself in, in the OV office. Wouldn't need to back check. Just stand there. Pop a beer, chuck it over the glass when you're down in the other end. <laughs> and by Pretty the much. time you come back, he's just got that one timer cocked and ready to go. Yeah. Now I haven't seen or heard of him playing in any alumni games, but I'm very skeptical at this point in time. He can bend over and tie skates by himself. Cause whew, when I saw him in, in pictures from last summer, yikes. He ties so, golf shoes unless he's got slip-ons. Just saying. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Slip-on skates. Hey, there we go. <laughs> the Nike self-lacing skates like Back to the Future 2. Just... Yep, there you go. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the biggest problem or, or flaw in my idea is good luck finding a goalie who wants to play in this league. Because how many, how many former goalies keep playing after they're done? You know, keep playing goalie after they're done because there are a number yes. of them that still play, but they play forward or defense yeah. instead Most of Most of them just kind of hang it up. Mm-hmm. So there's your only caveat. Oh, no, I think you just roll out a shooter tutor and close the five hole in the bottom corners. Mm, I like that idea. Can't, not going full NHL, let's make this more complicated than it needs to. <laughs> But randomly close the holes, 
like on random intervals. Oh, just a simple machine. Too. Not the full light up board that we saw at the All Star game, but something like that just to make things interesting. Yeah. Or hey. Um yeah, you have something that lights up behind the hole. Not that you have to hit it, but that's the bonus hole. That's the three goal hole or the two goal hole. I mean, well, use it as an experimental league. Yeah. So now, Pat, you're really thinking of this as a NHL sponsored league where potentially they actually broadcast games or stream games at least. <sighs> May. Maybe, which kind of ruins the idea for me, but it's more, I think at some point the NHL has to diversify what they have and take this big chunking 82 game regular season plus full playoff model that they just made a necessity based on gate revenue and contracts. And honestly, I think, the season needs to be much shorter to put a much more entertaining product out there. So let's give, let's give fans a little, something a little different that might also, you know, satisfy their interests. So for all the old white men that are, you know, basically running the league, here's your, here's your cookie. You go over there while we make the sport fun for everyone. That's kind of where I'm thinking. So I don't think that the NHL would like to do that because they would be half afraid that half their fan base would watch just that because they're all older people and they want to like just watch the stars they had watched when they were younger. <laughs> so I don't know that they'd really go for that. But that is why it would work. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, that is totally why it would work. Yeah. So, you know, wishful thinking, but... Better in the goat rodeo they're suggesting for the 2014 playoff. All right, are, are we gonna do this? Thunderdome, 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 Thunderdome. <laughs> I, I want, <clears throat> I want March Madness style bracket where it's a it's a single elimination game for all 31 teams. That's what I'm saying. I'm fine with I'm I'm fine with the 2014 cutoff line. I am because. It's as low as you can go. How low can you go? It's as low as you can go without broaching that line of, do we have to go back to play hockey? We were already, you know, dead out of it anyway with no chance to get in. So four hubs, six teams in a hub, 18 games, three points for a win, two points for a, Three points for a regulation win, two points for an OT win, one point for a tie, three on three overtime, no shootouts. Winner of each division gets to move on to the conference finals. That way, this whole, I I cannot stand the thought of a bye for somebody like Boston who is sitting there twiddling their thumbs while everyone else is getting into playing shape. Just because they're the they're the top quote unquote seed, God, I have to stop using top quote unquote. <clears throat> Just because they are the de facto top seed, they're gonna sit there and not get in game shape while everyone else is. They're gonna get railroaded. It's all of them, all the ones that get it by. Yeah, they're gonna get railroaded. Let them play 18 games, three against each team, 
top point winner goes. If it's tied, you go by goals for, then goals against. You just use the same standing tiebreakers that you have today, except for it's three for a win in regulation, two for a win in overtime, one point for a tie each, and no shootouts. That way you can have multiple games a day. They aren't going to go on ad infinitum because you end up with a freaking 35-round shootout. Nope. You're done and dusted. Ten minutes, three on three overtime. Let's go. Thunderdome. Thunderdome. You eliminate all of this brouhaha about Chicago and Montreal possibly winning. It will if they win 18 games against the guys in their hub, or if they if they you know beat out someone in their hub after 18 games, then sure. They were going to make the playoffs anyway. Likely, right? Because they got on a hot streak. See, everything is just, to me, it's it's all a reset. Where It's been long enough since the regular season's been suspended that we're practically at the start of a new season. I mean, just everybody's going to be starting from scratch. Everyone's going to be on a level playing field. Yeah, you'll still have teams that have more more talent than others, but I mean, it's played as a tournament, like you know you were saying, Patrick. Um, <clears throat> but because it's a level playing field, I think that all 31 teams ought to be involved. But the problem is not all 30 teams. 31 teams want to be involved. Yep. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, You've got those seven teams effectively that are just kind of like, mm, yeah, no thanks. We're good. So the whole, I'm, I don't love the format. I don't hate it either. It's just, it is what it is for me at this point. The concept of a goalie getting hot is just stupidity. Like, does anyone watch the first two weeks? of the regular season each October and see how <clears throat> bad shit some of the games get. That's that's what the opening round is going to be. Oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be such ugly so, hockey. So, which is entertaining. Well, yes. So, it, from, from that standpoint, I'm looking forward to it. But I also know a great goaltender, like, let's just use Carey Price, because he, he's the, he's kind of the the name they keep throwing out that's going to magically yeah. find is he can reform. He can play well because he is rested. He's had time off. But let me ask, can he still stop a 5-on-0 breakaway? <laughs> because the kind of the, the line of demarcation for me here is who has the talent and doesn't necessarily need to get in game shape, but who has enough talent to just pot in a ton of goals to make up for their defensive, you know, gaps and, and holes while they're just getting reacclimated. Well, here's the thing too to keep to, to think about is what are going to be the size of the rosters? Because at this point, Every other hockey league in North America has shut down. They're canceled. They're done. And you would have the Black Aces up anyway for a playoff run. So what is your roster size? 30? How many of those guys can actually play 
versus, you know, can you put in a game versus like the black ace situation where you just want guys on hand to get a feel for how a playoff goes? I mean, how, how do you guys see that playing out? I would anticipate, I mean, the number starts at 30, whether it gets lower or gets much bigger. I think that becomes a logistics question. Like, so it seems they're going, they're going to two hubs. So it's a matter of room secured testing, all those things that we're all clamoring for, like, okay, you figure out this format. Great. But what about all this important stuff? All this stuff that I think is, I think we're going to hear an answer about a roster size way before we get all those logistics questions because they need to come up with a number of number of people that are going to be involved in this. So I, I think they're going to have to probably keep it as small as possible. And I think that number is going to be no more than, I'm going to say 31, where you have 28 skaters and three goaltenders maybe four goaltenders uh, per team. Carolina might need five. <laughs> no, all Carolina's goalies are healthy now. Hell, half of Carolina. I think Brett Pesh is the only one who's still potentially out, isn't he? Yeah, he, he would be the only one that wouldn't play. So, But well, Carolina has their own issues in this format, but we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, 30, 32, I mean, basically, you their practices just need to be inter-squad scrimmages. And everyone's eligible to play? Everyone that's on the roster is eligible to play in the game. No, no, no. no, They'll still have, I think then that comes down to your, I think we could see a, I think once upon a time we talked about the, if you're on the 23-man roster and your team has an injury, you can enter a substitute into the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that gets uh, implemented. But I think the number becomes smaller than the amount of players you're allowed to bring with you to a hub, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. I, I This entire time, I'm still just sitting here going, they are so far out ahead of where they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, to even consider talking about, thinking about maybe having conversations about starting this, that it's mm-hmm. all just, what the hell are we even doing? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And I'm still of the mindset, this is not going to happen. I can't fault them for making plans and negotiating, talking all this stuff through in the event that they can. I don't, I still don't think it's happening, but I guarantee we got to this number 24 because they, they've broken down the numbers of here's the number of games that get played early that we're not calling playoffs that will help satisfy any contract obligations to local broadcasts. And then we can jump into our normal four round seven game playoff format. That that's what they're operating on now. And now that they have, all right, 
this is the number we need to make this worthwhile. Now let's figure out the logistics so that we can actually do this, even though they won't be able to. They're trying to sell it to broadcasters is what? Just come up with a number and a format so that they could say, listen, if we do this, this is what we have. And so, you know, can you open up your, your time slots for this? I think it's the other way around. It's we need to hit these benchmarks and these, like we have to play quote unquote 75 regular season games for all these contracts to be valid, let's say. And I think they talk to all these people and say, hey, what if we have all these games on these days that some of you can show? Will this satisfy our contractual obligation for this past season? And I bet they got enough places to sign off. Like, the NHL makes bad decisions, but they're not uninformed decisions. They're just not in their best interest most of the time. So, <laughs> in, in some cases, in this case, as far as the logistics and planning, it makes sense to me. Like, what do we need to do to make this worthwhile? Then we have to figure out, all right, we take all those numbers. Now we got to hammer out all these details. All right, we know we have X. Now we need this to get to Y and et cetera, et cetera. But the the big problem is they're just overanalyzing, overthinking something that they just they just have to take their loss and walk up and go home. See, they should be, in theory, doing the how can we keep everybody healthy and do this? That should be their first step. And then their second step should be, okay, so what kind of format can we work work on this with? I hear that sigh, Patrick. Wasn't from me. Oh, it was from, that, it was from me. <laughs> but th- this is this is their problem. They they are thinking about how can we do it to save face, and I can't I can't blame them for that. Like, how can we be as or remain as whole as possible? And they can't. They just can't do it. So figuring out a format that might, you know, just stop the bleeding as much as possible. And then I don't for one second believe that there isn't some members of of the NHL head office that aren't figuring out the logistics of and communicating with different, you know, medical boards. Because for God's sakes, it's a bunch of lawyers running this league at the end of the day, and they are going to cover their asses, not not for the good of the, the league, but for the good of themselves. So I think they are figuring those things out. I, I just think they're going to reach a point where, where they're planning stuff. It's just going to become the numbers don't add up and we just got to walk away. I understand what they're doing. There is a logistical and methodical plan to it in my mind. It's just not satisfying everyone because I don't think without the playoff format and the number of teams figured out up front because we'd be having a different conversation if, you know, all the player reps and, you know, however they chose to implement their vote in that 29 to two vote where only two teams apparently, you know, said no. Tampa and Carolina. 
Yeah. Reportedly, Tampa and Carolina were the two that voted against it. And Tampa is on the record saying, yeah, <clears throat> you know, we want to play hockey. We just have problems with this format. Okay. They all kind of want to do this. And so if everyone was steadfast on saying no to 24 teams, we'd be having a different conversation. But since we're here, how can we make those numbers work is, is my line of thinking. Like, all right, we got something that the players will say yes to as far as a format, because that's what they're going to bitch and complain and whine about. And, you know, what about us? The NHL's biggest tagline? Or what about me? I think once solving that issue, figuring out all the logistics around it becomes a much more attainable and, and, and possible task instead of, you know, moving the goalposts, you know, every week because team players can't make up their minds. So it's, it's just going to be uh, we hate everything about this because it's not good for my team for, for the next two months. Cause nothing's happening before August. If anything happens at all. Patrick? Ahem. 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 What he said. <laughs> Thank you. You allowed me to get several. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get, I, I get it. I get why they're doing this now. Because this is it's hurting cats, right? Getting 31 teams in the NHL PA to agree to anything is just like hurting cats, hurting cats that have been hyped up on catnip all day and are actually kittens. No, they're, so, they're worse than that. They're like, they're like cat toddlers. So they're like a year old. <laughs> they've just learned how to, yeah, you know, they can climb. They've got claws, those sharp little bitey kitten teeth that are just like, you know, hypodermic needles. And good luck getting 31 of them and, you know, in their little groups. So 62, really, right? Together to agree to anything. So you got nothing but runway. Might as well take it. Because right. at some point, they're, you know, at some point, they're all find the same ball of yarn and will be satisfied. Thank you for putting it much more eloquently than I could. That's okay. I I, uh, I, I spend my day distilling many pe people's technical documents that are just missives about programming designs and, and so forth down into, he's going to do this with this. <laughs> and then everyone goes, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I do that too. See, that makes sense because that's what I can do and would logically do, but instead someone's given me the answer right. that I, of what I'm supposed to do and I have to work backwards. <sighs> well, just like so, what we do. We reverse engineer the whole thing. Sitting so so, uh, so I, I, I work very much with a model of people and workflow very similar to the NHL. So that's maybe why I understand their black, black hat magic, crazy way of doing things. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I, don't know. I just, 
there's a subject I have no desire to talk about. And hey, hey, hey! What what do you mean? You don't want to talk about how great the Toronto Six name and logo is going to be? God damn it! Oh no, God. I don't. So all right, so I'm. I think I'm going to land this plane early. What would you What would you have named the Toronto NWHL team? Because I know I'm like in the tiny minority of people that kind of liked it. All I can think of is George Costanza. <laughs> I got a great name for a kid. Mickey Mantle is number seven. All I can think of. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at 3v3 Podcast. This has been the 3v3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs> <laughs>